0: Hello, you're listening to season three of Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. I'm Kimberly Evans, and I've been planning events, workshops, retreats, and socials for almost 20 years. After working with so many incredible clients and entrepreneurs and personally experiencing hardship in life and business, I've discovered how powerful our mindset and purpose is in creating a life of joy and celebration while having a whole lot of fun along the way. Join me with a coffee or cocktail as I connect with inspiring leaders, entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary people as they share their journey in life and business and how they are striving to live a life of purpose. Your fears and beliefs in yourself will be transformed as you work towards creating the best version of yourself from the inside out. You're in good company. Cheers to celebrating simple life. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to feature an Apple Podcast review from Kin2303. It says, I love the upbeat nature and sincerity that Kimberly brings to each episode. She has a variety of guests with different backgrounds and experience and pulls her listeners in with thought-provoking conversations. Kimberly's spirit is undeniable. Thank you so much, Kin2303, for taking the time to leave such a thoughtful review and spreading the love for Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. As a thank you, please email Kimberly at CelebratingSimpleLife.com to receive your free gift. I am so grateful for every single review. They only take a minute and you can even press pause right now and scroll down on the podcast home screen and take that minute to leave a quick review. It makes a world of difference as I grow Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast. Today on Celebrating Simple Life, the podcast, I'm chatting with Tanya Fox of Fox Talks Business. After starting her first business in 1998, Tanya quickly realized that entrepreneurship and collaboration would be lifelong passions. She has owned service-based, retail and franchise businesses. She also spends time speaking, hosting workshops and recording her own weekly podcast to help others see the beauty and wealth of collaborations, change how they view failures and how to turn mistakes into successes. She tries to always live by her tagline, remember to have fun because if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Join us as we chat all about life as an entrepreneur, how collaboration can grow your business, and how to stay true to yourself in everything that you do. Hello,
1: Tanya. How are you today? I'm so good. Thank you for having me on the show. I
2: am so delighted to have you on the show, and I'm so glad that a virtual event connected our paths and brought us together on this episode today.
1: I know it. I like it when the world seems small. (laughs) I do
2: too. And I really feel that, as much as nobody wants to hear anything more about the world pandemic, because we are all just over all of this, I feel like there have been a lot of blessings that have come out of things and cool meetups and things that I probably wouldn't have maybe gotten myself involved with because, you know, life's busy, things are on the go. And I kind of tried a bunch of new things in the last few months just to try things and stay fresh and try to pivot life and business. And here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's so true. I think, you know, you can, you can always choose how you want to look at the situation. So I agree with you. I've, I've done some things that I was like, Oh, oh. I'll never be able to do this. And, and, but I was like, well, I kind of have some time. So let's learn
2: piano. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. So I just want to dive right in, and I just absolutely love uh, what you do in your business and the ways that you connect business owners. So can you tell me a little bit, I guess, the, the back story on how you got started as an
1: entrepreneur and what led you to Fox Talks Business as we know it today? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was raised in a family that was not entrepreneurial at all, like I had one uncle that had all the sort of crazy schemes. <laughs> that was out there that did it, but he was sort of like the one-off kind of thing. Was he like, well, giving a good name to entrepreneurialism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he was the guy that you were like, God, what is he selling this time? Like, there was always something, right? <laughs> cleaning barbecues, and it was just, it was so, like, just really obscure things. But, um, yeah, my mom worked um, for the government, and my father was in the military, so that was kind of what you did. You went to school, you went to university, and then you just worked, retired, and then that was it. That was, that was the way life was supposed to be. And so that's what I did. I went to school for accounting because I figured numbers were never going to change. That was something that was going to, you know, stay the same. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit, I had a son and now numbers have changed. But, um, but yeah. yeah, don't even get
2: me started on trying to help me with right? math. We're just going to leave that there. It's not
1: supposed <laughs> to change. But um, so I decided to go in for uh, to become an accountant. And I really liked numbers, and I really liked people, and that's what I thought it was going to be so um of course, you you know in life, you just try to go where your connections are, and with my parents working in the government, that was where I headed and So I worked in the government, and i i it was the worst job I hated it. I worked in the audit department, I was the person everybody hated to see oh and I kept getting written up at work because I was. Um, giving too much support. I was spending too much time with clients because I was trying to help them, right? Like I was like, you just, you know, if you would have just filed this one form, like it would have changed everything and no, you're not supposed to do that. And so I started to realize that I I don't want to do this. Like I want to be there before they get into trouble, like before somebody like me has to call them. And I remember sitting at my desk one day and thinking, I can't do this for another 40 years like I just I was watching everybody like we had a bell that used to ring and that was like the break and it was like herding cattle everybody would get up because we were all in like little cubicles and everybody would get up and they would kind of go outside for like a cigarette or whatever get coffee and then they'd file back in and I I remember just sitting there going I can't do this like (laughs) it's gonna suck my soul I just Mm -hmm. I absolutely can't so um, I was very young and I was very impulsive. So I kinda went to my boss and I, it was a Friday. <laughs> I'll still remember it. I went to my boss and I said, You know, I I I'm gonna give my notice. I just I can't do this and I explained the whole situation. And it was funny because he looked at me and went, Well, you lasted longer than what I thought you were. Like I just knew that you weren't gonna be one that was gonna stick around and just because of who you are. And um so he was great and he was so supportive and you know, he said, Like, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to start my own business and he's like well call me if you ever need help or you know I'll see what I can do so I was like great and I was so pumped I remember taking the bus home and I was like (laughs) I was like one of those weird people that was on the bus I was all smiling and I was like this is going to be amazing I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I was on a high and I went out with friends that night and I you know we were all celebrating and then Saturday morning rolled around and I sort of had that entrepreneur remorse. (laughs) <laughs> where I was like, what the hell have I done? The happy <laughs> soundtrack of
2: music that had been following you suddenly faded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like you
1: wake up and you're like, wait a minute, did I really just quit my, you know, and it was, a, I, I was paid well, you know, and I was like, what have I done? And I realized <laughs> I had a weekend to figure out how to become a business owner. And, um, so this is going back 20 years, so it wasn't as easy as <laughs> just kind of going, well, I'll just Google everything and figure it totally. out. So it was, you know, it was definitely a learning curve, but I really knew uh, the passion is truly what set me driving because I knew what my goal was, and my goal was that I wanted to help people. And um, so while I was doing it, of course, I, I – opened it and it started to grow. And I was very fortunate that my old boss was sending people my way to help. And so my client base was kind of growing. And then I got into this weird situation where I was doing really good and the money was coming in, but it was going out just as fast as it was coming in. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do some advertising and I, but I didn't have any tangible cash to kind of walk in you know, because newspapers were big then, to be able to walk into the newspaper and say, here, I need to advertise for more clients, for staff, all of that other stuff. So I was like, there's got to be another way. And so I kind of started just hanging out at my local newspaper office and going in, I'd bring them coffee and, hey, how are things going? And started striking up conversation with them. And through this conversation, realized that they were really struggling trying to find staff because, they were a smaller newspaper in my community, and they didn't really need somebody full time. So to try to find somebody who would only work a couple of days a week was a struggle. And all of a sudden, this light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, well, why can't I be that person? Like, I am really good at organizing and filing, and I mean, I'm an accountant, so I could do your you know, your um, inputting and invoicing and all of that kind of other stuff. And at the time I didn't realize that what I was doing was collaborating with them. I was just trying, trying to keep my head above water and totally. And so they said, "Well, you know, you're way overqualified. We wouldn't be able to pay you what you're worth." And and I I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are like, "I've been there before where you're like, just give me the job. I don't care if you think totally. I'm overpaid, like I just need to pay my bills." <laughs> So I said, "Well, why don't you not pay me at all, and why don't you just run ads for me so the entire time I'm working here, you just keep every week that I come in, you just make sure an ad you know an ad runs and because i I need that help that's what I need more than I need the cash and so we sort of struck up this deal, and it worked really well because the more work I did for them, the bigger my ads started getting <laughs> um, so it was it was really great and so when it came to um Then I I sort of moved forward, and now I was growing. I needed an actual office space, and I'm looking for signage. And I was like, this is so expensive for these signs. And so I thought, you know, the newspaper thing worked out really good. Why can't I try to duplicate that again? And so that's where I really started to um, take more notice into what collaborations were and how I could really use them for my business to sort of do trades back and forth. And so I reached out to my network and said, hey, I need this sign bill. Is anybody willing to trade services? And so I got a lot of stuff done um, doing that. And then, you know, life kind of happens. And, you know, I I really wasn't, still wasn't realizing that what I, to me, doing a collaboration or working these deals was just something that I did. Like it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I was doing it for other you know, friends that were entrepreneurs, but to me, it wasn't a business thing because it wasn't something that was hard to do. Like I was like, it's really easy. Just tell me and I come up with an idea and then you go and implement it. And it wasn't until almost 20 years later when people started saying like, you really should be doing this for a living. Like, and I was (laughs) like, but it's, it's not, it's just something that's like, I just throw it off the top of my head. Like it's not I'm not really researching, I'm not digging into it, but what I discovered um, is that throughout my entire life, the thing that I was the best at was the thing I didn't even realize was hard for other people because for me – that quality that I had in myself was so – I came by it very honestly and very easily. Like if you ask an artist, you know, how did you come up with Mm -hmm. this piece? And they're like, I don't know, I just started painting. Like, it's not – right? Like, I don't know, it just came out (laughs) of my head. And so I started to ask more of the people around me and say, you know, is anything that I do that, like, you're kind of like, I can't believe that you can do that. And I started paying attention to when people started saying – I can't believe you can think like that or how you can think outside of the box so quickly or come up with these ideas. It just amazes me. And I started taking note of that and writing it down and realized maybe this is something that could be more than me just coming up with ideas. Like maybe this isn't just as easy to everybody else. And so I picked a sort of a group of entrepreneurs that we had kind of been working together and said, hey, can I use you guys as guinea pigs? to see if I can make collaborations for your businesses and I'll do all of the research and everything and I want to see if you're going to actually get some return on investment for right. for what you put in and, and see if this can actually be something tangible. And by doing that, I realized how much I loved doing it for other people and so then Fox Talks Business decided to come in because I was like, I need to make a business that is just strictly you know, for this and for connecting business owners. And in the meantime, um, you know, in this 20-year span, I had done everything else. I had owned a retail store. I had owned a franchise with my husband. We had a martial arts studio. So I had kind of circulated through a bunch of different businesses and created more contacts and more Mm -hmm. connections. And so I realized now was the time that, you know, maybe I could, could use this. And then about five years ago, I realized that I could teach this to other people. Like it was a skill that you could acquire and, um, and then started teaching other businesses how they themselves could go out and start their own collaborations. That's probably a long way to drown that out. But (laughs) I
2: love that. What I love is that from your very first, Unbeknownst to you, collaboration with the newspaper, where it just sort of was a thing that you just weren't afraid to ask. I love that what you were offering them from your skill set and what they were offering you really had, like, you were able to just pinpoint what it was that you needed. And I think sometimes that that's a little bit of a missing mark now, today, when collaboration is so sort of such a common term that is used. Mm -hmm. Yet I think there's still sometimes a lot of confusion around how to actually make it work. And it doesn't just mean that any two or more things coming together are are for sure. You know, you kind of do have to be smart about what it is that you need and know what you need out of it and what somebody else needs out of it or else we've all seen it happen where it kind of goes sideways and you wonder what went wrong. And it's hard to pinpoint it if you've gone in with just a, oh, we should do something together and there isn't really any boundaries or, Sort of expectations of what is going to come out of
1: it, and that's so true. And that's usually what I see. And you're you're absolutely right in that. That that's usually what ends up happening is that people go off of word. Like they're like, we should work together. I think it would be really awesome. Let's do this event, or you know, which you know about. You know, events. yeah. Let's do this event, and then all of a sudden, everything is on your head. And the other person's like, oh, I didn't think I was going to have to do anything. And so getting all of that stuff actually written out is really important. But being clear also, like you had said, being clear on what it is that you have to offer, but being open as well. Because as I said, there are some times that I've done collaborations where I've gone in thinking they need this, you know, this skill of mine, this is what they need. And then realized that the skill that they wanted was something that I was like, why would they want that? It's so easy. You know, like, why would they just want me to file? Right. Like, it's something (laughs) that's so simplistic. But to them, that small task that seemed insignificant to me in, in my world, in my business world, was something that was overwhelming to them. It was something that was causing them so much stress. And so to be open to that and to understand what I was willing to give. Now, I don't file for people anymore because it's not (laughs) the thing I love the most. Um, But, you know, it was really getting clear on what is it that I need and what is it that I have to offer. And the other thing I always say to people is you really have to figure out what your worth is because what you think something is worth isn't necessarily what someone else thinks something is worth. So right. to put it into context, think of a garage sale. Like, <laughs> You know, you're having a garage sale and you put stickers because you're like, I don't know, I think this is like worth a buck. And somebody comes in like, I'll give you 50 cents. And you're like, honestly, right. it's a dollar. Like, right. Yeah. So to, to get clear on that and be okay if someone's like, oh, I think that's too expensive. That's fine. They can yeah. think that's too expensive and that's not a problem. So the other question I usually get is, well, how do I do that? How do I know what? you know, what my, you know, knowledge is worth. Because when a lot of people go into collaborations, they're sort of trading their knowledge. Even if you're trading services, you're trading your knowledge. And so I give them the task to sit down and think of everything that you have done in your life that has been directly related to gaining your knowledge. So whether that's university, whether that's taking courses online online, books that you've bought, seminars that you've gone to, all of that stuff, and add it up. It will be a disgustingly large amount that usually will make people choke because they're like, (laughs) I cannot believe I've spent that much money. But what you need to realize is when you have that number, you can realize that you're going to be in tens of thousands of dollars. Even if you never went to university, you'll be in tens of thousands of dollars just because when you add, you know, it's amazing when you add stuff up. And when you look at that number, to start realizing for yourself that for someone else to have the knowledge that you have, it would cost them these tens of thousands of dollars. So what you're charging isn't really all that much when you look at it that way. Because a lot of people, especially new entrepreneurs, get really scared because they get in this mindset of, well, I can't charge too much because, my God, I don't even know if I would be able to pay that. So how do I charge somebody else? And then they undervalue themselves. So that's a really good exercise for people to do. Yes,
2: I love that. And it's so practical. Like it's easy for anybody to calculate that up, whether you've only been in business
1: now or
2: many years. I think it is so easy, especially when you're working unto yourself and you're a a one person operation. It is really hard to kind of think, uh, think outside and not have it be so personal that when somebody yeah. does want to do something with you, that it's not a direct slight against yourself personally. Like it's hard sometimes for us to separate ourselves from because obviously as anyone who owns a business and as an entrepreneur, they kind of do float very in and out of each other. And it is sometimes hard to see where the lines are, are blurred. And so I think that I love that you said that because somebody else has chosen to make different decisions in their life. They have chosen to go to different workshops or buy different books or go to this schooling or not go to this schooling or do whatever. And their whole skill set and repertoire was a choice, just like ours was a choice. And that's how you kind of each come to your own level of expertise on something.
1: Yeah. And it's so true. Like a lot of people think, well, I had the same schooling as this other person or, you know, I've gone to the same thing, but two people can sit beside each other, you know, in the same school or at the same workshop or anything and get two totally different things out of it. I mean, I have gone to see some of the same speakers and, you know, been five years apart and seeing them and sat there and went, this was the same speech, but I got something completely different out of it because I was at a different Mm -hmm. point in my life personally and professionally. And so there's always those extra things that go into it. And, again, it also depends on what your skill sets are Is you're going to pull different things out. So if somebody's standing up and talking about finances and they're very, like, dry and factual, if you're a very factual person and you like to know very concrete lines, that person might be a phenomenal speaker to you. Whereas somebody who's like, I really like pizzazz, you could have had like a sparkle, <laughs> something, a streamer, <laughs> anything like that. that was so boring. Yeah. Um. So it's just keeping all that stuff in mind, but really know, you know, what that number is. And I remember my university professor telling me once, and this was one of the best skills I ever learned was he said, as soon as you get your first job, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's flipping burgers. I want you to either write on a piece of paper or make a document and start writing down all the projects that you've worked on, things that you've done. So if you got employee of the month or if you worked on a really big project or whatever, keep those things written down. And I was like, why? (laughs) Like, I didn't understand. But later on, looking back, I realized whenever I've quit a job, I can't remember all the stuff I worked on or things I did. So it worked two ways to be able to go to my clients and say, here's all the stuff. Here's all the projects that I've worked on. Here's all the stuff I've volunteered for. If you're going back into the workforce, it makes your resume look a lot better because you're not just writing, you know, I hate when I get resumes in and they're like the person's name, the job title, and then it's literally the description of what you would need to do in that job. Like, I don't want to know what the duties are. I want to know what you did. What did you bring to it? Mm -hmm. So that's really important to do because it also helps you to look back um, and realize how much you've done because that's also a hard thing to do. We get so stuck in constantly moving forward that we forget to go, God, I, I totally forgot I worked on that huge project or I forgot that I volunteered, you know, for this organization that raised, you know, millions of dollars because of this one campaign that we did And it just helps for, you know, for motivation and helps when you're approaching somebody to do collaborations to say, here's some of the things that I've worked on or here's some of the things that I've been involved in.
0: I'll get back to the show in 20 seconds, but I wanted you to be the first to know about the new event I've created just for you. The curated content social is a networking photo shoot that simplifies the content that you need to show up authentically on your social media. Imagine gathering together with a dozen amazing business owners to connect, grow, and learn more about each other's businesses while having a fun night out. And it's all photographed. This event only happens once a month and tickets sell out fast. This is all about helping you to create an abundant mindset to thrive in business and show up just as you are. To join in the fun, visit CelebratingSimpleLife.com to save your spot or connect with Celebrating Simple Life on Instagram. All right, friend, back to the show.
2: Oh, I love that. I think I was just talking about this on an Instagram story that I did a few weeks ago when I was launching a new event. And I was talking about exactly this, where I was speaking personally from myself. And I know that this is happening to so many people that we just don't take time to celebrate the big or the little things that are happening in our life and business because we are so programmed to just be ready to move on to the next thing. And I think maybe partially it's a a job hazard of being an entrepreneur where you sort of are always forward thinking and needing to make sure that you're staying ahead of things and not wanting to fall behind and keeping up with what you know you need to do in your business, that naturally that's just your mind is always thinking forward, but taking time to just celebrate things and, I have started to always keep a bottle of Prosecco in my fridge with a tag that's tied around it that has my next goal. And it can be something super small, depends on how I'm feeling when I'm writing up the tag, something super small that I'm like, you know what, this is just something that I'm just putting off, putting off, putting off, and I'm not getting done, and this is going to be my reward, or something really big. Where at the very beginning of COVID, this is what I was talking about a few weeks ago, I really had to pivot my business because of being an event planner amidst a pandemic was not the right career to be in. And I had to be (laughs) (laughs) really creative about deciding, can I move forward in it? Is this something that I can actually sustain over the next however long until the world as we know it starts sort of some semblance of normalcy and being able to gather in groups again? Or... Do I need to totally change what I'm doing in my life and figure it out that way? And I was able to say to myself, okay, I really feel confident. I've been doing, I've been in this industry for 20 years. I really want to keep moving in it. I'm still passionate about it. I love it, but I'm going to have to figure it out in a bit of a different way right now. And I put a tag on my Prosecco bottle and I wrote on there, I want to dream up a new event for my business. That will keep me and my family healthy and keep others healthy and not worry about large groups, and I want to move forward in my business. I didn't know if that was going to come to fruition in a month, in six months, in a year, whenever or never. I didn't know, but I was willing to put my effort into making that happen and that be my goal. And just a few weeks ago, I was able to pop the Prosecco bottle oh, and awesome. say, yay, this is an event that I've created and now it's going to be happening. It's actually happening this week um, and taking place and monthly from there. And I just felt like I it was, it was more of a lesson to myself than anything of just reminding myself that we do need to celebrate these little things because it's so easy to just jump to the next and be like, okay, yep, that was good. On to the next.
1: Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, if you're approaching somebody to do a collaboration, sometimes they'll go, well, have you worked, like, what other stuff have you worked on? Especially when it becomes to the bigger deals. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're doing something on, you know, a, a larger scale or you're trying to work with somebody who's bigger than you, they'll usually go, well, tell me what you've done. So if you're not keeping track of that stuff, and some people go, well, I feel, you know that feels weird to me to like be tooting my own horn, but that's exactly what you need to be doing for yes. for business, but also for yourself, because you're doing this to get wins. You're doing this because you want to have accomplishments because you want to feel like you've made a difference in the world. And that's why most entrepreneurs start why most business people start because they want to feel like, "Hey, I've contributed something to society." but we need to keep track of that. So in our older years, we can look back at our journals and go. Oh, I've done a lot, you know, yeah. I wasn't just sitting around. You so. <laughs> know,
2: I love that. So what would you say, you've you've addressed some of these things already, but I want this to feel so practi- practical for my listeners to be able to listen to this today. And if this is resonating with you to say, okay, yeah, this all sounds great. But what can I do today to take baby steps in a direction, whether you've Maybe you've never done a collaboration before, or maybe you've done some, but you're kind of maybe moving in a new direction and aren't sure how to kind of pivot. What would you say to, to someone who is really wanting to just get started? What would you say that they should start doing right now, today, to just reach out to a business, or what should they have in place first?
1: So first thing I say is make a list of all of the things and this is just like i don't want anybody to think too hard about it i just want you to make a list of all of the things that you don't like doing so that could be filing that could be scrubbing your toilet that could be like anything it's personal and business sometimes people get just stuck in all of the business stuff that they want to do but just start scribbling everything down and then on the other side the stuff that you that energizes you that you really like doing and that you would like to do for other people and then as you go through the list you can sort of you'll sort of be able to narrow it down a little bit of the things that you're like well I really and do it on the side of stuff that you love doing because you might go well I really like organizing stuff but I don't think I really want to do that for other people cross that off the list and Then just think of somebody that you want to work with. So this could be, I always say start in your own neighborhood because too often in times people go out. They think they have to go really big or they have to go outside their community. But the best collaborations I've done are the ones that are in my community because you already have that investment in there. People know who you are. So there's not as much selling that needs to take place. And so pick a person that you want to work with and see Do they have any skill that matches something that you don't like to do? And if that's the case, then great. Your next thing is you need to contact them. So not with a sales call, but just get to know them. So if it's another business owner and if they have like a brick and mortar store, go in. And, you know, obviously it's a little bit harder to just (laughs) go into people now, but, you know, Or even just message them on social media just to connect with them, not, hey, I would like to do something with you. Don't be that pitchy salesperson because you need to get to know who they are and you need to get to know what they're struggling with because at the beginning, it is a little bit of guesswork. When I go into a collaboration, I'm kind of guessing on what the person has to say. The beauty these days is with social media, a lot of people are being more transparent not only with the good stuff, but with the things that they're struggling with. So kind of be a little sleazy and really go back in their feeds and see have they expressed any pain points that they're having or any things that they're struggling with that you can help them with. Mm. Because that sort of gives you the step in the door that when you do approach them, when you've established that relationship and they're going to kind of know who you are when you go to talk to them, that you can say, you know, I noticed that you had said that you were really struggling with, you know, this particular thing, and I was thinking that maybe I can help you with that. And that really is the key is how can you help them? It has to really be all about them when you're going into the collaboration. You will get something out of it. It's just You can't do something for somebody else and not get something in return. But if you approach it as, I'm going to give you this and you're going to give me this, the person's going to be like, whoa, back up. Hang on a minute. So really approach it of, you know, I knew you were struggling with this and I really think I can help. And start with there because I would say 95% of the time the person will come back and go, I think that would really be great, but you don't really have a lot of extra money right now or... I don't really know how we'd we'd do this. Or they'll come back with sort of a a counter to, you know, your offer. And then you can say, well, you know what I was thinking? Instead of you paying me, I could really use this service that you offer. You know, would you be interested in, you know, maybe doing a trade with each other? And that really opens the doors to be able to do stuff. So usually I say to people, there's always something that you have that somebody else wants. Or there's something that you do that somebody else envies and goes, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could create beautiful posts like that person does or or whatever the case may be. Because so, a lot of people get shy and go, well, I don't have anything to offer. I guarantee you, you do. Sometimes you just have to ask the question. And sometimes that just comes up in having a conversation with the person and saying, you know, is there ways that you that maybe I could help you? Because the other person usually will find skills that you have, like we had talked about before, where you're like, oh, I didn't really think that was a skill. But they'll (laughs) go, I've seen you do this, and I really admire that you could do that. Can you do it for me? So really be, you know, open, you know, to that change. And it doesn't have to be something super big. A lot of people go into collaborations thinking it has to be something huge or a lot of money has to exchange hands. And right now I'm seeing a lot of influx, especially on Instagram, of um, people are saying, oh, I'm doing this great collaboration with a group where we're all putting money in and then this influencer is mentioning our business. And I just want to warn people that you need to pay attention to stuff because collaboration is a word that's kind of a buzzword right now. Mm -hmm. So if you're paying somebody to mention you, that's not a collaboration, that's a transaction. We right. are paying somebody and they're doing something for you for that money. Um, so there are like a lot of gray areas in there. But I always just say to people, just reach out to me because sometimes, you know, people get, you know, sort of stuck in that. Um, but then that's why I say just look within your community of ways that you can help. And that can be with other businesses. That could be with. Um, even the schools getting back together, depending on, on what you're doing, there might be ways that you can work together with them. Um, it can even be with, you know, organizations, nonprofit organizations. And now is a really great time to start trying collaborations because more people are trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Because we're all trying to find our new normal. We're all trying to figure out, you know, how to help each other, you know, sort of climb out of the dust of you know, being in, in quarantine and stuff. So people are more willing to go, yeah, let, let's let try to trade services because money's tight for everybody right now. So those trade collaborations are are really easy to do right now, which I'm enjoying. <laughs> yeah,
2: I am too. I think that's so great because I think that sometimes it's easy to – actually forget about what you are paying for personally and professionally in your life when you talked about making that list of things that you really don't like doing. Um, it every single transaction of money that you are spending in your life and business is essentially money that you're not making, right? So yeah. looking at that as like a backwards kind of way to, to remove what you don't want and figure out what to do is so brilliant. I love that. And yeah, I I think, too, that it's so easy. I like that you mentioned this whole influencer piece of it because I think that it's so easy for small businesses to look at these snippets that we're seeing on social media, which – This has always been the case since the beginning of time with celebrities and even just, we used to see them on television. It wasn't necessarily a social media thing before social media was a thing, (laughs) Um, but just seeing them in the media in general and always having this idea that everything was just so perfect and wonderful for them. And we are all very aware that that is not the case, despite of what the snippets are that we see. But I think that happens in business so much too, where you're looking at one tiny thing or you're looking at how many followers somebody has or you're looking at something pretty that they posted and without realizing it, sort of having it be something that's making you feel not worthy about what you're putting out there. And I love that you said starting small because this is not about hitting these millions of followers on our social. That's not really what that's about. I have zero intention of that being my goal because I don't want to lead the lifestyle and the expectations and the pressure and all of the stuff that comes with all of that. That isn't the life I'm going for, but looking small and deciding who you want to work with and using that as sort of a part of your core values in your life and business and letting that be the decision maker rather than, oh good, I hope that I can strike it rich and do all of this. is kind of not not the purpose, right?
1: Yeah. And it's true too. Like, And you just never know. And you know, many times in business, I've had to swallow my own words. And, you know, because we're all really (laughs) great at giving advice, but we suck at taking it. And I remember, you know, I had this one gentleman that would always contact me and say, I really want to work with you. And I was like, I don't know, there was nothing wrong with him. I was just like, I don't know if we would really jive. I had primarily been working with women at the time, because that was just, the groups that I was in. So I was like, oh, I don't know. He was a smaller business. He was kind of a startup. Um, I'd been in business for 15 years at the time. So this wasn't all that long ago. And I was speaking at an event and I said, you know, it's important, you know, we're always looking to work with a person who's bigger than us, somebody who can, you know, pull us up the ladder. But sometimes what we need to do is, is stop and look behind us. And because there's always somebody who's dying to be where you are right now. And sometimes that gives you more gratification. And so make sure that you're <laughs> paying attention to that. Well, at the end of my speech, he comes up and he goes, so now are we going to work together? And I thought, <laughs> yes. I said, you know what? Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling me out on that. Because I have, I was doing other collaborations with smaller businesses. But again, they were in my comfort zone. And he was, you know, a tech company, which was completely out of my wheelhouse. So I, w- I wasn't, I was getting stuck in my own comfort. And so I said to him, thank you for, for calling me out on that. Yes, let's do this. And so we we went and we had lunch together and we talked, we figured out this collaboration. And he was he was taking the lead on everything, which was also refreshing because that person who's so excited to work with you is the one who's now going above and beyond right. to get things done because they want to impress you and all that other stuff. And you forget because you're usually the one who's in that yeah. role. And so it was really refreshing for me. And so we did a, you know, the collaboration went really great. And, you know, uh, After sitting, because after every collaboration, I always sit down with a person and have a conversation. How did that work for you? Like, what did you like? What didn't you like? And really try to assess how it worked for each person for two reasons. One, I want to know if it worked and it's viable for me to flip that either to somebody else or um, the second thing is, are we going to work together well for a second collaboration? So some of that I do with them. And some of that I do at home where they can't see my piece of paper um, (laughs) because I'll write down, like, this – I didn't like this person or, you know, they didn't do anything or it took forever or whatever. And you need to be honest with that. It doesn't mean the collaboration wasn't successful, but if the person is a procrastinator um, and you are not a procrastinator and that drove you crazy, then maybe that's somebody you don't want to work with. yeah so we sat down and it was great we both liked it we worked well together our employees worked well together it was great and i didn't hear anything about him and um we kind of both went on our own ways and then all of a sudden 6 months later he calls me and he says hey i was wondering if you could help me do this collaboration i'm you know i'm i'm growing my business and i would like your help and i thought oh sure so he gives me this address to go to. Well, he's in this huge building and I walk in and I'm like, "Okay, he was like in his basement the last time I talked to him <laughs> 6 months ago." And after talking to him, now he, you know, in 6 months, he went to an over 6 million dollar company. Like he just wow, exploded. And I was like, "Oh my god, now this person that was, you know, a, a small fry in my book is now like now I want to be working with him and I thought isn't that funny and I and I said thank you so much for contacting me this was a real good gut check for me to realize that you just never know that person that you think is just running a business out of their basement you know, can all of a sudden explode. And I was like, Thank God I did that collaboration and I said that to him, right? I'm very open. But I was like, Thank yes. God I did that collaboration. Now look at you, you big hot shot. Like Yeah. And totally. I'm like, by the way, my fee's going up. <laughs> yes.
2: I forgot to tell you they have quadrupled since we yeah. last
1: <laughs> But it just you just never know. And and I've had some that I you know that I've worked with that I was like, Oh, I don't really know. But it's also that helping factor, right? And my dad used to always say, you know, be careful whose fingers you step up climbing up the ladder because you will always have to kiss their butt on the way back down. Right. And I thought, (laughs) oh, like you think I'm going to fail? And he goes, no, but if you climb up a ladder, you have to climb back down, whether that's because you're retiring, whether Mm. it doesn't matter. And he's like, but you just never know who is climbing the ladder at what rate? And sometimes you'll be faster and sometimes they'll be faster. So just always be kind. And that always really stuck with me because I thought it's true. And this guy was that example for me to remind me of that lesson of going, you just never know. You just never know. So always be open to the idea of, of working with people that maybe you were like, and be okay. Like I, I, I had to be honest with him. I had to do the one thing that I really, truly hate doing. I had to swallow my pride. And I had to say, (laughs) I really don't know a lot about your industry. And the reason I don't, the reason I haven't been contacting you, the reason why I haven't been, you know, jumping at the bit to work with you is because I don't know a lot about what you do. And when I did that, an amazing thing happened that he goes, that's okay. You don't need to know anything. That's why I'm here. And I thought, oh, my God, if I would have just admitted, I think, I feel like I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone. If I would have just said, you know what, I need help understanding what you do, I could have had something amazing long before.
2: Oh, I love that you said that. I think that is so easy to get caught up in where we think we have to know everything and know everything mm-hmm. perfect in order to take a step forward. And I was just having a conversation um, this past week um, with another business owner. And we were talking about just that, especially people who feel like they need to have like perfectionists or people that just want everything to be done a hundred percent right before they would ever put something out into the world or have a conversation with somebody about something that we need to get better at being more okay to sit at that 80%. And it's okay that, and it's not saying that you're not trying hard. You're still trying 100%, but you don't even know everything and do everything. And it's okay to just be content at that 80% and let the rest of it get figured out along the way and just be honest about what you know and don't know.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that you're never going to get to 100% before you start something. I guarantee it. Because you're going to put something out that you think is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. And somebody is going to (laughs) go, oh, "Oh, I don't like that. Totally. (laughs) lovely thing about the word beta. Like I love beta testing Mm -hmm. because it does two things. It allows me to get a product or something that I'm working on out sooner. It allows me to get people vibe in, but they do the majority of the work for me. Like, and it seems silly. I'm like, well, they're getting a discount. Sure. They're getting a discount because you know, they're my, they're my testers of it and they go through it. But they're finding all the errors for me. Like, I don't even bother looking anymore because I, you know, I've got my group of testers, and I go, here, take a look at this. And they'll, you know, if it's a website or whatever, they go through it, and they go, like this, don't like this, spelling mistake here, and I'm like, great, yeah. perfect, change it. <laughs> it's like having your own staff. It's just yeah. amazing. So, yeah, that perfectionist piece, is it's a hard thing to get rid of. And it's always been, I think it will always be a struggle in, in you know, for me of being okay to say, you know what, I don't know. The difference is that I have found is now I say, I don't know, but I'm really excited to find out. Yes. And if you can have that curiosity piece, people don't care that you don't know. They really don't expect you to know everything. It's if you're willing to figure out the answer or find the answer for them. That's what they want. They don't want to have to do all of the digging and the work and the research. They just want to go, here, you do it. (laughs) So be okay with that curiosity.
2: Yes. That is such a great place to end. I could talk to you for hours, but I do (laughs) want to ask you a few speed questions. Just to get to know a little bit more about you before we um, end the episode today. So I'm going to ask you eight questions, and you can just give me like a one or couple word answers to these things, and then we will know all of the inner details of your life. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Okay, what is one thing that you do in the morning that sets the tone for your day?
1: I have a uh, hot glass of lemon water in the morning. I don't know why. My mom says it's for digestion. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. She just tells me to do something, and I do it. So. Oh, you're a good, good girl.
2: Um, what is your coffee order? Do you drink coffee?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, usually, um, I have a Keurig at home, so usually a vanilla biscotti. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one.
2: What is something that you always have in your purse for day to day or when you travel? When we ever get to travel again, something that you cannot <laughs> something you cannot live without that you keep in your bag. Um.
1: I would say, you know, it's funny because I used to carry a purse that was like a suitcase. It was so big and there was so much stuff in it. But then COVID happened and you weren't, like, supposed to put stuff anywhere. So I've actually gone down to, like, this little, like, purse that you just string over your side kind of thing. I'm amazed at how less stuff I can carry. But the one thing that I change is when my son was really, really little, um, he gave me this monkey stuffed animal keychain. And he called it Monkey Man. Um, so I keep that with me no matter where I go. And so if I'm flying or if I'm feeling self conscious or whatever, I kind of I squeeze a little monkey man. <laughs> oh, I love
2: that. That's a great item. Um, what is your favorite junk food?
1: Uh, Chocolate covered caramel. Oh yeah! Anything it doesn't matter. See, I knew, I knew, he, I
2: knew, I knew we would be really good friends. Um, <laughs> um what the very so we're gonna we're gonna date ourselves here again? What was the very first concert you ever attended?
1: Oh, it would have been like Pink Floyd or Metallica. I, I was I like it. a heavy metal girl. <laughs> I went to like you know I used to be a, such a big concert goer and then. Life just got in the way, and then, yeah, I went to, like, a Doodlebops concert with my son, <laughs> and I was, like, as excited as I was when I went to, like, go see Pink Floyd. like Buying all the merch, I knew, wearing all I the bought, shirts. I had the
2: T-shirt.
1: I bought the <laughs> CD. I was singing all the songs. I was pissed off when the character Mo was changed. Everyone else was the actor from TV, but this one character was, and I was like, that's right. not the real Mo. How like, where are you? you. for? He didn't care, but I rocked that concert. <laughs> oh,
2: my word. Best mom ever. <laughs> I love it. Um, what is one thing that you absolutely love to do in your free time?
1: Uh, craft. So, like, knitting, crochet, that's always my go-to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: Where is well, – this, this is going to be a go-to for right now. Where is your favorite
1: travel destination or uh, place you want to go? Always Smith Falls, Ontario. Um, and a lot of people are like, "What a weird spot to pick." Um, <laughs> my mom lives there, so my Aww. mom's always, always my go-to because I get absolutely spoiled rotten when I go and see her. Like, yes, I am. I'm very much a mama's girl, self-admitted. But yeah, I go <laughs> and she's like, "Do you want me to run a bath?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I yes, do. I do." <laughs> Because no one else does that for me.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I can understand the destination then. No apologies needed for that. That sounds like a resort.
1: <laughs> it really is.
2: <laughs> so what would your perfect day look like if you could fill it up with all your favorite things?
1: You know what? I, I would say today would would be my answer. Whatever Whatever day it is today, I really have been... Um, trying to be conscious, especially during everything that's been going on lately to really do something that I enjoy each and every day and Mm -hmm. really hang on to that Um, and we've been doing um, a memories jar that every day something that makes us laugh or a silly joke or something that somebody's done we sort of write it down and put it into this jar and then at Christmas we're going to open it and have all of these great memories because I find there's always that moment where you laugh until you cry and I try to find those moments in every day (laughs) sometimes it's hard sometimes it's
2: hard that's a great answer I love that thank you so much for being so authentic and vulnerable and just sharing about your amazing business this has been just a lovely conversation with you
1: I had so much fun, thank you so much I can't wait to stay connected
0: Celebrating Simple Life the podcast is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network which is supported by Connexus. Does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? If you said stress, you're not alone. For 42% of Canadians, their biggest stressor comes from money. At Connexus, they care about your financial well-being. Money doesn't have to be stressful and Connexus is here to help. The Connexus Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all and more. And did I mention it's free? Check it out today at connexusmoneytalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. This show would not be possible without you my incredible listeners. It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe to Celebrating Simple Life on Apple Podcasts or download and listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you choose to listen. If you really want to make my day, leave a review. These reviews, ratings, and sharing screenshots of podcast episodes that were engaging for you on your Instagram stories and tagging friends that you think should hear the episode too really helps the podcast grow. It makes me so happy that I often select reviews to read on the show. And if yours is chosen, you will receive a special gift from me. Thank you for being a part of my mission to connect stories of business and life. Cheers to celebrating simple life.